Alex in Music Mix. We are your hosts. I'm Dustin. And I'm Kevin. On this podcast, we discuss horror films and scores with both fans of the genre and professionals of the music and film industry. And our goal with this podcast is to meld our love of horror with our passion for music, hoping to inspire our listeners to appreciate all elements of the art of film. And today we've got quite a treat. It's it's the least scary movie, I guess, we're covering. It's Little yeah. Shop of Horrors. It's so funny. Like, the name, Little Shop of Horrors, but it's like, it's not, like, it's not scary. I get it, I guess, kind of, this man-eating plants, but it's, mm-hmm. it's definitely not scary. If anything, these movies are actually pretty funny. They're, they're, they're fun. They're entertaining. They're slapstick comedy. It's oh, situational comedy, dark one. humor. Especially this first one, they like Mr. Mushrik. Oh, you know, just like yeah. how he acts. It's it's well, it's I love how they turned the original into a Broadway musical like twenty two years later. But when you see this original one, Harvey Keitel, by the way, just randomly showing up. Um, yeah. It's the way it's it's portrayed. It's very much, and that's one thing about Roger Corman movies is that everything is almost like a stage play. The sets are, you know laid out in a certain way where it's it's like it could be performed in a theater yeah so we, we talked about that when we talked about corman's um poe series so it comes back to it it's funny because the first time i watched this i didn't even realize it was roger corman mm-hmm. and then we you know here we are and i was like holy shit yeah roger corman's roger corman again so this is our horror rewind i, I think horror uh, yeah originals versus remakes horror rewind we're still trying to name this damn segment, but we enjoy it. We've this is, this is our Third. last 1960 movie to cover. Yeah, I think this is it. <laughs> we've run the gamut of 1960, and so the next episode after we do our um, fan-inspired vi- uh, movie, we're going to cover. Um, we're going to go into the 70s and start with just 1970. We're going to so. start with 1970, and the next vinyl edition we already recorded. Um, mm-hmm. It's Alien, and that oh was that seventy nine? Yeah. So seventies. Mm-hmm. It's not nineteen seventy, but yeah. it's kind of going off of Jerry Goldsmith, which was the last final edition. So yeah, we're moving forward. It's all that matters. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So um, we're going to compare the original and the remake. Now, the the plot points for both of them are very similar. The characters yeah, are very similar, but they're both presented in unique ways. But the beats are both the same, I think. They're both slash horror comedies. But I think it's just more just like dark humor. Like, And we'll get into that with the original Little Shop of Horrors. See, how, how were you introduced to Little Shop of Horrors? Whether it's the 1961 or the 1986 remake. Um, I, I wasn't really ever introduced to it. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing the cover for the remake. Yeah. And like what is that and i've never watched it until last year i think um i think i was just scrolling through hbo max and i saw that they had the original one on there mm-hmm. and addie and i were like oh let's watch that and i told her i've never seen the remake she has mm-hmm. so she's like okay let's watch both of these and that's kind of where i got yeah. into both of them yeah, for me, I just remember seeing, you know, um, it was some VHS I was watching back in, like, the late 90s. And it was, like, you know when it would do those on VHS or DVDs, like, coming soon. Coming soon. Yeah. Yeah, And it showed, awesome. like, all these, it was, I don't know, 
this like it was yeah it showed Rick Moranis and it showed this giant plant and they were singing and dancing I'm like that looks amazing and uh, I think I watched it about a year later and loved it and didn't watch it again for a while then watched it like two years ago loved it and I watched it again so this is my third time I I'm kind of a sucker for Broadway musicals not always some of them are a bit much but Broadway musicals I enjoy I and I enjoy the hell of it. Now, the original we're going to start with, though, and this is one I was not familiar with. I didn't realize that it was based on an original 1960, I know, an original 1960 um, Roger Corman film. So we're going to start with that. Um, And so, yeah, Um, ready to get into it. Do you want to do the spoiler-free short summary of Little Shop of Horrors, 1960? Okay, so Seymour Krellborn works at a florist shop owned by a Mr. Mushnick. He is able to create a new plant species that he tends to regularly, but soon enough, the only thing that will satisfy his new plant is human flesh. Mm -hmm. Feed me. Yeah. So, (laughs) trigger warnings. Not yeah. Not nothing really. Yeah, that's what I. I don't know. Like it's it's just. I I was like, if you're afraid of puppets or animatronics, which. I'm not going to point finger. I know somebody who I'm not going to call them. Oh, but <laughs> fair enough. Okay. But yeah. it's like, I don't know if there's nothing too crazy. This is more of a comedy, like we've said. And I mean, um, I was thinking it could kind of be a you know movie that children could watch, but it's like, there's still some parts are like, eh, it's if anything like preteens, this would be a good movie for like preteens and up. It's yeah. It's not over the top. Up. It's not, you know, it's 1960s, so like be a lot of nudity and cursing, but uh, it I do love some of the situational humor and some of the characters just so over the top. It's just hilarious. Like this woman who randomly comes in all the time and says, "Oh my my second cousin died in a car accident." It's like, oh, we gotta get her flower. Like, yeah, just the way they deal with it is just pretty darn funny. But yeah, let's get right into it. Um, so we start off uh, Roger Corman's Little Shop of Horrors. With a cartoon drawing and a sergeant over speaking like the you know, the cartoon about the crime rate of Skid Row um, and its denizens. And we get this really jazzy intro with flute and bassoon and shell. I think it's kind of cool. It's yeah, like a, I like the jazz intro. Mm, oh, they're always cool with jazz intros. <laughs> it's offbeat and it's kind of silly, just like the movie. So most of the music in this is it, it's it's more of a comedic effect like it's. <laughs> Everything's a little off kilter. There's a lot of slapstick. You know, the main yeah. character he he uh, fumbles with stuff. He trips over things. He's a klutz. He's clumsy. Yeah. And his mom. And, oh, oh, there's some gosh. silly stuff in this. But <laughs> so we start off with Mister Mushnick's florist shop, and we meet Mister Mushnick himself, Mushnick. who's meeting with a lady needing some flowers when her cousin died in an explosion. Is that what and, she said? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's cousin died in an explosion. Died. This woman keeps coming in every scene where another Pretty relative much. dies, and she's the they're the go to for flowers for her family. Yeah, but, he, Mr. Mushnick even makes a joke. He's like, "They're our number one funeral." Yeah, family, <laughs> they're our number one customer. Much. They're dropping like flies. He says, <laughs> "Like that's so silly." So that's how we get introduced to Mr. Mushnick, and he keeps asking for um Seymour, um who is, happens to work at the shop. The owner is talking with Mrs. Shiva. That's the woman whose cousins keep dying and uncles and all of that. And we hear someone singing awfully in the background. In comes 
I said Harvey Keitel earlier. My apologies. Dick Miller. That's why I looked it up. I was like, yeah. nah. if you don't know Dick Miller, he's the guy. He's in Gremlins. He's mm-hmm. in uh, Terminator. He's in a lot of stuff, like a lot of films. Dick yeah, Miller's. Yeah, you, you definitely, everyone recognizes him for sure. He's know. still around. What is it? What, Piranha, Evil 2. Oh, Piranha. Gremlins, Gremlins 2, yep. The Howling, Matinee, the Birds. Chopping Ball. Fucking yes. Small Soldiers. Small Soldiers. Yeah, so Dick Miller's in a lot. He's in this movie, and he um, has an affinity for plants. <laughs> so <laughs> he comes in, and he's we, uh, you know, he's coming in asking about um, plants he's working on, you know, and uh, that it's interesting that he then gets a call, and he gets a call from this Doctor Farb, who is a dentist, and he's talking about how his plants aren't working. He's working on someone's tooth, and he's like drilling into his tooth. He's got this like evil laugh, so he's an evil dentist. We'll get more into that later. We're introduced to Seymour, who finally comes up from the basement after he's been singing, and he comes in tripping on a bucket. Oh, he's the silly protagonist that can't get his shit together. Mr. Mushnick's telling Seymour to get flowers for Dr. Farb, the dentist, and he's getting flowers together. We see a sign that says, Lots, Plants, Cheeps. Yeah, I wrote that. Yeah, I wrote that down. <laughs> Lots, we, Plants, Cheeps sign. Yeah. Like, what? It's just silly. We have some silly xylophone music. Um, and then all of a sudden, Dick Miller, his character, like he's like, oh, I'm going to get these flowers. He starts eating them. Yeah. He just starts munching away on a carnation flower. And he, he's like, do you have some pepper? He puts a pepper on it. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Mushnick really doesn't like Seymour, we can tell. And, and his silliness is... You know, of giving out the wrong flowers to the dentist. He's like, you got to deal away with this. And as they're arguing, Dick Miller's in the corner just munching away on these flowers. Yeah. It's just like, the fuck is going on? So this is the first, like, five minutes. And then we finally figure out, Seymour's asking not to be fired because Mr. Mushnick's like, you know what, Seymour, you're useless. You got to be fired. Then Seymour's begging him, don't fire me. And the plant eater, (laughs) the plant eater, Dick Miller, you know, well, he's eating plants. So he tells him, yeah, give him a shot. And then uh, he runs to a chair, walking back in a plant. It's like, what in the hell? So these first five minutes, where are you, where are you at so far with this, with this movie? Because you can tell it's just kind of like a silly slapstick romp of a time. Yeah, you can't, you're not, there's no character building. I wouldn't say you're just like, it's kind of like, it's like what? Watching a sitcom, almost. Yeah. Just jumping yes. in an episode. And all these people are gathering together in the shop like, like they've known each other. And it's just like, I don't know, like friends in the coffee shop or something like that. If you just want to make a comparison. Yeah. Um, oh, it, go. It's pretty fast paced, but it's also funny. And there's not a lot to explain, honestly. Yeah, it's just, it, it's just silly gag after silly, you know, yeah. situational so, joke. and So like watching this the first time, it's like, what? What is happening? <laughs> but no, it's entertaining. Yeah, it's it's just fun. It's a fun movie. That's it's not supposed to be a. I mean, it's Corman. He's the is the father of B movies. All these movies are supposed to be, you know, just entertaining. He's, he's not going out of his way to make, you know, the you know, I don't know what's the time, the next uh, Casablanca or something. So yeah, and Seymour gets home. We meet his mother, who's in bed sick. Seymour says that nothing's wrong with the doctors. It, He's like playing fullback for the Rams. Like what? So it's all of these like gotchas, but stuff yeah. kind of humor. Seymour gave Doctor Schlurp Saddles tonic to his mom, <laughs> and it's he reads it. He's like, "Hey, mom, here's what it says: If hit by a truck, call your physician." Yeah, <laughs> like, that's what? 
That shit's crazy. She starts listing off like everything that's in it. 98% alcohol content. And she just does strong ass pull. She just takes a yeah. huge pull of it. It's just mom's getting fucked up. Yeah, she just, <laughs> oh, this is going to be a great time. It just starts. <laughs> this it's is ridiculous. So ridiculous. And she's just going around like, hey, hit my yeah. truck. Don't mind if I do. Uh, like, yeah. He goes to grab the plan, and and so he's he's growing this plan at home. And he's like, "Oh, I'm going to show it to Mr. Mushnik. I might be able to keep my job." He goes back to the shop, and you know he's doing that as his mom's getting shit faced. So we get back to the shop. Dick Miller still munching on flowers, <laughs> still there. He got the and he talks about how he got the seeds. Uh, Seymour comes in, and is like, "Hey, I have this new plan." I was like, "What is it?" He's like, "Oh, I got the seeds from a Japanese farmer, and he named it Audrey Junior." And of course. Who's why they why do you name it Audrey Jr.? His love interest, who also works in the shop, is named Audrey. And Audrey is just so infatuated that he named a plant after her. That's yeah. adorable. Dick Miller says, give Seymour a chance because this plant can make him famous. It's so rare. And then he says this. Um, Dick Miller says, I have to get home to my wife. She's making gardenias for dinner. Like <laughs> this dude just eats plants. I mean, that's I mean, one vegan, I guess. Yeah. yeah, I mean, pretty much <laughs> as a as a vegan, yeah. But like, just, that's ridiculous. That ridiculous. <laughs> like, this dude's just eating flowers. Like, what the hell? Like, what's the purpose? But like, doesn't matter. Anyway, Audrey tells Seymour she's proud of him and she's so happy to see Audrey Jr. And then all of a sudden, we have this clarinet duet. Every time these two are together alone, it's like, oh, love's in the air. And Seymour's trying to figure out why his plant won't grow. So he's like, I have this plant. It's not growing. He pleads with the plant not to die. He's getting it water. He's trying to make it work. The mouth then opens on the plant. And this is after Mushnik and Audrey have left. And he's trying to figure out why this plant won't grow. Then all of a sudden... Um, he cuts himself. I see maybe on like a vine or something has like a yeah. Thorn. It's really subtle, like really subtle. Unlike another movie, but we'll get to that. Um, he cuts himself on a thorn, and then it opens his mouth. He gets some blood in the mouth, and it goes. And he's like, "Blood? You like blood?" It snaps his mouth open and close. He takes a pin, pokes his finger, feeds the plants like it. I guess there's no accounting for people's tastes. It's like, oh, that's silly. Just <laughs> everyone's got that New York accent, so I just love doing it. And but it's even more so in the Skid next row, isn't that in California yeah. though? Yeah. Oh. Then why do they all have Wait. New York accents? Wait a minute. Yeah, I might have to look that. Because yeah, I just thinking the band Skid Row. I guess youth. Yeah, Skid Row's in Los Angeles, California. These they all have New York accents. But they all Yeah. What is <laughs> now I'm very confused. Holy shit. They're all very much New Yorkers. Dude. Whoa. Especially in the next one with Has Audrey's anybody like, else Mr. Mushnick. Has anybody else noticed that? Okay, if you've noticed that, let us know because <laughs> we're now connecting the dots and it, oh. this movie's been out for 64 <laughs> fucking years. Yeah. Like, what the hell? The hell they doing? So, next day, Seymour comes back and, you know, because after he fed the plant blood, he's like, well, let's see what happens. He leaves. The next day, he comes back and Mushnick and Audrey are like, look, they say they're so happy and he's so wonderful. Audrey shows him his plant has gotten bigger overnight. And this is where I noticed very much that this is set up just like a stage play. And I also found out that some of these sets are in six of his other films. This set in particular of the oh, flower sure. shop. I'm sure when we had Derek on, that's what he's, he just yeah, switches stuff around and yep. films. I mean, hey, whatever a you movie need to a do. Week, which whatever you need to do. I mean, yeah. 
So uh, two teenage girls randomly come in and are so amazed with the new plan, enthusiastic. They they hug Seymour and he's like, ladies, don't hurt the horticulturist. <laughs> Mushnik's like all excited about Seymour growing this new plan. He's like, he's going to call him his son now. I yeah, guess. I think he was like, you could call me dad or yeah, something like that. Like, yeah, like, yeah, sure. Um, and then he tells Seymour they're going to be so rich and they they will have an orchestra and they're going to be just the best. All of a sudden... An old woman, Mrs. Shiva, comes in from the beginning. A her uncle died. <laughs> and they're like, oh, here's some dozen carnations on the house. So they're all like, yeah, we can give away flowers now. They're all so happy. Owen points out that the plant, Audrey Jr., is dead again. Ah, oh, shit. Mushnik believes they're now in the poor house. And he's like, you're not my son. <laughs> yeah. Like, literally just, just like that. <laughs> um, Mushnik believes they're, you know, going to be just destitute. And... Uh, the sun goes down and it, he's like, you know what, Seymour, you're going to stay here and figure out why this plant isn't growing. And so the sun goes down, the plant starts speaking. He says, feed me. Oh my feed gosh. me. It's feed like, what? me. Yeah, yeah it's, it is so nasally and annoying, but it also works perfectly. However. I the, did write down Audrey Jr. yelling, feed me, is scary. It, <laughs> oh, Cause, okay. Cause feed, me. feed me. You're like, what? <laughs> yeah. It's, that's great. So the puppeteering in the, the the puppet of the plant looks so corny, but I love it. I I yeah. love it. It's, it's, it's like somebody, it's just it's a, somebody, someone's it's, hand it's and a like hand a puppet. Hey, 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 hey. Yeah. <laughs> so um, Seymour's trying to figure out how to feed the plant. He's like, I'm already anemic. The plant <laughs> says, "Feed me more." It's just the way that it talks. It's just like the fuck is that? Seymour doesn't know what to do, so he goes out on a walk on the town shady folks walking about it is skid row sebastian bach then comes out starts singing youth gone wild no, i'm joking he's on the railroad <laughs> tracks throwing so he's like on the railroad tracks like throwing rocks randomly and there's a conductor who pops up he bashes him in the head on accident with a rock and then he's like oh shit and then the train runs his ass over yeah i said that dude like, got Whoa. splattered by a train like what a like dang <laughs> i was <laughs> I just found that so funny. So the guy's dead. Seymour's panicking and he's trying, you know, he's like, oh, the guy's dead. He grabs a bag and then brings the entire bag with the body parts in it back to the shop. And he has this bag of limbs. So he brings out like a foot, a hand. The plant's voice is like, whoa, that looks great. <laughs> and he feeds the plant all the severed body parts. And we go to the next day. So, so far, we've got, like, our first, quote-unquote, kill, Murder, yeah. and we found out that the plant can talk, and where are you at with this so far, like? Um, I th I'm trying to remember, like, since this was my, only my first or second time watching it, mm -hmm. the first time when the plant started talking, I was like, what is happening? <laughs> it, me, be me. Yeah, it just, <laughs> it doesn't even look like a plant. It's just, like, two parts sticking out. Uh -huh. And it's supposed to be like a Venus flytrap and just flapping. It's, I don't know. It's funny. There's, I don't think it's kind of, there's nothing to dislike about this movie unless if you're trying to watch a serious movie, it, don't it's not watch this movie. Yeah. yeah. It's not supposed to be serious. Yeah. I, that's why when we get to the critic ratings, you'll just see this huge discrepancy, which I'm like, now that I'm, I've watched it, more than once. At first, I was kind of like, eh, but now I'm kind of like, I'm getting it. It's just fun. It's, yeah. It's a fun movie. And we, after, so he fed the plant, the next day he comes there, now all of a sudden, of course, Audrey's bigger. Mushnik and Audrey, his co-worker, are eating. 
Wait, uh, was did Mr. Mushnick see him feeding the plant then? Not night? yet. Okay. That's yeah, in the right. that's in the next that's one. The next so one. Okay. The, this one has a lot more kills, quote unquote, than the um the musical adaptation for some reason. So Mushnick and Audrey, so it's it's that night after he fed the plant. Mushnick and Audrey are eating and he doesn't have money, so he argues with the waitress that he will go get the money from the shop. Ah, mm, here that, we go. Yeah, this is Mushnick returns to his shop, and he sees Seymour feeding a severed foot to the plant, and Mushnick's like, what the fuck? Mushnick's in a daze. He walks back to the restaurant, and he's like, give me every single liquor you have, and he's just trying to forget what he saw. Yeah, that's the, the quote. That I need to get drunk now. Give me whatever you have. He's just yeah. like, oh, my God. Dang. Audrey's asking why Mushnick's freaking out. He says he needs to tell the police the next day. Then he goes to the shop and sees hundreds of people lining to come in. They're all trying to see the new giant plant. And two teenage girls, the ones from earlier, say they have a flower float and want Audrey Jr., the plant, to be the highlight. Mushnick confronts Seymour as to why the plant is so big. And he's like, and Seymour's like, it only eats once or twice. Seymour has an awful toothache and needs to get to the dentist. And Mushnick's like, yeah, you take the day off to go get to the dentist. I'm making money. Yeah, he was he was very, I don't know, seeing him obviously commit a crime, feeding yeah. a fucking plant. He's just like, what the fuck? We need to end this. But then he sees all these people and he's like, oh, no, they're making yeah, money. So that's fine. Be like, yeah. No, I, it's, so this is interesting. So in the movie, we have this evil dentist from the beginning who called about plants. What's his purpose to the plot? Nothing really. No, um, but in this one, no, no, not at all. It's just Seymour has a toothache and he needs to go to the dentist. There's nothing else to it, but we get some pretty good stuff coming up. Here we go. Seymour is now at the dentist and we hear screaming coming from the other room. The evil dentist. The evil the, dentist. The evil dentist. Oh, he's great, by the way. He's uh, his acting is just so oh far fetched. Gosh. Oh. Sorry. He's telling uh, the last guy that that's what he gets for being late on his dental bill. So the dentist has Seymour sit in the chair, and he's like, so you are the young man who ruined my gladiolas. And <laughs> it's like, okay. He takes out Seymour's tooth. They start then dueling with dentistry tools. Like, the fuck's going on? Yeah. And then you couldn't think things can get more batshit crazy. I didn't know this before this. In comes Jack Nicholson. Yes, Jack that Jack Nicholson. Nicholson. This is his third film. He, yeah, it, a very <laughs> small. Like everything he's done so far, up to this point, is very small roles. I yeah, Crybaby Killer and um, I think what was it the Tingle? I have it written down somewhere in my notes. But yeah, this is very very early Jack Nicholson. He's only like twenty two in this. But yeah, he shows up and he's excited to go to the dentist. He's asking, like, where's the dentist at? All of a sudden, the door opens, and Seymour comes out, and it's like, yeah, uh, the doctor's not here. He's like, oh, looks like you're here. Um, his name is Wilberforce, or Wilberforce. He's hilarious, and his, his nasally accent is incredible. Nicholson is creepy, funny. Well, I heard that you're one of the best dentists I, yeah. in town. It's just <laughs> his sniveling laughs, like, <laughs> No, this is his second role. Oh, second. Okay, he must have... Oh, there you go. So it must have been the... There's another film he did, but I know Crybaby Killer was his first one. And then... Oh, I think you're thinking of uh, The Terror. Yeah. I think that was one of his, like, first main leading roles or something like that. Yeah, that and Terror. Yes, that's the one. Okay. There you go. So yeah, Jack Nicholson's, like, ready for the dentist, but the other dentist is 
knocked out or possibly dead after they were dueling with dentistry tools. Um, so he's hiding and he wants to pretend he's the dentist. He can't let the guy know that he's he like, oh, killed I'm all the booked dentist. up today. Sorry. Yeah. And he's like, no, you've got time. You've got time. He's hiding the dentist. And he's <laughs> pretending to be the dentist. and He's about to work on Wilbur. <laughs> this shit's just very crazy. Wilbur's very excited to be at the dentist and you see he's obviously a sadomasochist. This part's just weird, but like, fuck it, it's Jack Nicholson. I don't yeah. care. Wilbur is like, he's like, oh, you gotta, ah, that's perfect. Oh, I gotta do it more. It's just, it's just you're a fucking, weird. I'm sorry, I gotta, you didn't say that. I gotta say what your note says. Yep. You said, this part is just so weird. I love it because Jack Nicholson, but like, what the fuck is it? <laughs> I just that's don't funny. understand. Like, <laughs> like, hey, Jack, uh, Roger Corman's like, hey, Jack, I. We need you for this scene. You're going to be a sadomasochist who loves to get his teeth worked on. Loves pain. Five minutes, and then we'll move on to the rest of the plot. Okay? He's like, I got you there. Don't worry. <laughs> um, he comes in, and he leaves, and all of his teeth are jacked. He's like, thank you for that. And he leaves. He brings the dentist's body back, because I guess the dentist died when they were dueling. Um, <laughs> and Seymour's bringing the devil dentist to the flower shop to feed. <laughs> now the Sorry. fairly giant plan is saying, feed me. He feeds the entire body to Audrey Jr. He goes home, and the next morning we're at the police station. This this part right here, I laughed so hard. I don't know. It's just... just So Frank and Joe are their names. They're, they're both... Oh, no, <laughs> They're both detectives, and they're back and forth. So these detectives are about to be on the case, but we are introduced to them. Like we go to the police station. Here's Frank. Here's Joe. And here it goes. It's like Frank and Joe. Joe's like, hey, Frank, how are the children? Lost one yesterday. <laughs> Just like, Damn. So, he's like, ah, how'd you lose them? Playing with matches. Oh, my God. And then it's funny. And it's like, oh, so someone vanished. It's like, vanish? Who's? None. Dentist? Missing. Where? Skid Row. Ideas? None. Check it out. Yeah, just I don't know. They're making a mockery of like detective films, and just it was brilliant. I don't know why I laughed at that so hard, but then we get some silly xylophone music as we're at the store again. Mister Mushnick, Seymour, and Audrey now see the plant is fucking ginormous. Audrey kisses Seymour. She's so happy for him. They're setting up a date now, and Mushnick's like, "Well, how the hell did the plant get this big?" The girls come in again, those two from the float, and Dick Miller comes in about to eat some more plants. Then Shiva comes, everyone's coming into the store today. Shiva comes in, the lady from the beginning, and she's like, oh, a kid died playing with matches. <laughs> and so, and then the detectives come in. So everyone's in this little shop of horrors. Detectives come in and ask Mushnik if he knows anything. And back and forth of not knowing anything, he's like, I, nothing? I don't know anything. She don't know anything? No, nothing. They leave and Mushnick drags Seymour to the back and it's like, dude, this plant needs to fuck off. <laughs> Seymour tells Mushnick it ate a million Japanese beetles. It's like, what? Seymour goes. No, he yeah, he was like, what'd you feed He's that? Like, what'd thing? you feed that? Yeah, but a million Japanese beetles. You lie. <laughs> so yeah, so that that night, Seymour and Audrey are now going on a date, and Mushnick's like, you know what? I'm gonna keep an eye on your plant. He stays in there and he keeps an eye on the Mushuga plant. Does he say something like that? Yeah. He, okay. Yeah, I thought I heard him say that, but I was like, I didn't hear that. You should no input way. bleed for that. Let's sugar plan. 
has some woman come in saying she represents the silent flower observers of California. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. No, please put that in. That'll be great. Um, And we meet. So this is the next day. Like all of a sudden, Audrey Jr., the plant is famous. Seymour is getting his name in the lights. Like everyone's excited for him. And now we meet the silent flower observers of California. Miss Fishtwanger. Like the fuck? What's her name? She tells him, you will receive an award from the Silent Flower Observers of Southern California. That sounds like a great group. Hmm. Seymour's bringing Audrey to his mother's house. By the way, Audrey, the girl, not the plant. Yeah. Because they're having a date. They're having their second date now. Seymour introduce, introduces her to his mom. <laughs> and they're having dinner. But it, she comes out start with, with some strong cough syrup for them to drink. <laughs> and then... This is so. This is happening. They're having a dinner date with mom, and then Mushnik's like figuring out, okay, what's wrong with this flower? He locks up the flower shop, grabs a chair to watch the plant, and then we go back to the house. Grandma's coming with a bowl of like the smallest bowl of soup, and she pours salt into the soup, cod liver oil, and sulfur powder. Oh my gosh! It's just so. This is the part of the movie where I'm just like. Where are they going with this? Like, I know yeah, it's, it's just it's getting a little too far-fetched. Like, a little, bit. a little bit. Like, it's silly, but it's like, Corman's just like, let's just throw everything at the wall. Let's have fun. But it also doesn't really last that long either. It's a very short movie. It's yeah. like an hour and ten minutes. No, I mean, like, that whole little, oh, oh the date. And yeah, we get the, we get the like, date yeah. at, Ma- at Mom's, and then we get him watching the flower. It's just, it's silly stuff. So Mushnik starts to fall asleep, and the plants start saying, feed me. He wakes up in the plant opening. It's like, he's like, oh, who would you like to have tonight? You look fat enough. (laughs) It's like, oh, damn, he's fat shaming. So we're now back at the dinner table. And then they're eating Epsom salts. Like the fuck? Audrey's saying Seymour should ask me to get married. What? It's like, damn, slow down. Already. So someone's at the door. And now we're back at the flower shop. Someone's at the door. Mushnik hides behind a carnation. It's a thief with a gun. Mm. And he wants more money and points a gun at Mushnik. Mush is like, ah, uh, the money's in the plant. So the yeah. plant, it's like, like, oh, yeah. The- yeah, look down in there. Well, put your head in there. Who believes that? I know. You're going to rob a plant. Yeah, the money's inside that plant over there. Oh, okay. It must have been desperate. So he looks in and then the plant. Yeah, Skid Row, I guess. Just, yeah, and Skid Row, yeah. He uh, he eats the, the thief. He burps out the gun. And Mushnik's like, well, the next morning... <laughs> Mushnik says to Seymour, we need to get rid of this plan. And as soon as Seymour gets the award, then, you know, get your award. We'll get famous. Then got to get rid of the plan. Um, Seymour and Audrey say they should have a picnic at the store that night. And Seymour has some mother trouble for sure. She's saying he would find a different girl or where she's going to be without him. So his mother's like, oh, you shouldn't go out with her. You know, stay with me and drink. Yeah, I think she's all like, oh, she's too healthy. There's something up with her. (laughs) You need to get yourself a lady who has whatever problems and it's this just, and that. It's like, what the fuck kind of know, advice is that? It's like this is the this is the woman who's drinking ninety eight percent alcohol, yeah, and cough yeah. syrup on a Tuesday. Um, so Seymour and Audrey are now having the picnic at the shop and talking about their dreams. Seymour wants to grow. This part's kind of funny. Seymour wants to grow things more. They are fully in love, and then he starts saying, "Feed me," as they're trying to kiss. And he's oh, like, "Oh, yeah. hey, I'm a ventriloquist." They keep trying to kiss and the plant keeps saying, feed me, I need some chow. She's like, you're not going to take this seriously, Seymour. And she leaves and he's yeah. all sad. <laughs> Seymour says I, that after he gets his trophy, he'll be famous and then get married. Audrey's like, stop pulling crazy shit like that. Shut up and bring on the food. <laughs> he's arguing with the plant. 
who was ruining his life. Uh, and then the plant, like, hypnotizes him. So after their dinner date, he comes back in. The plant hypnotizes him to go find another victim. This is interesting. So we're near the end of the movie so far. We're, I don't know about you, but this is kind of like, it's still funny, but like, it's just, we're just adding filler. I feel like at this point, like if he like Corman had an idea, let's have a guy have a plant that can eat people. All right. Oh, don't forget an evil dentist. And he has a weird relationship with his mom and there's a love interest. Yeah. Just, yeah. Some silly um, stuff. Here's the duel. The duel. The duel. Right what, what? Like, Oh, yep. Yeah, there. Yeah. And he's like, you dead. Stabbed him and then uh, Jack. <laughs> I don't know. I guess that's why this movie is only. Okay. <laughs> I need to share this scene because people need to see a young Jack Nicholson for sure. Yeah. But no, where we're at in the movie. Um, that's why this movie's so short, because like he said, he had a, a concrete core idea, but not enough to make it even an hour and a half. I just looked, it's an hour and 12 minutes. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty short. And I feel like it, like, yes, we got the plant eating people and he's trying to hide it. But then everything else is just, hey, let's put some silly stuff in there. Yeah. Yeah. So now remember, Seymour's been hypnotized by the plant to go find a victim. Yeah, for since when? You know what I <laughs> like, mean? Uh, okay. So walking around town and goes up the same girl three times. And this woman, her name is Leonora Clyde. She's the woman of the night. Um, and like to get his attention, she puts a banana peel in front of him. It's like, ho oh, oh, ho, Tom and Jerry type stuff. Um He's walking around the park and then he finds Leonardo Clyde again. It's weird. They're trying to decide where to go, his place or hers. And he's like, I'll just flip this rock. Yeah. It, <laughs> what? <laughs> flip a rock. You know, what's the smooth side or the right. rough side? Like, like what side? Heads or tails? How are you supposed what to What are sides? Yeah. So he flips the rock to figure out what place they're going and it falls on her head and she dies. What? That's just. <laughs> <laughs> I think this it, they're trying to keep that slapstick kind of slapstick a little. Yeah, they don't want to like, ah, oh, she murdered him. Oh, he's he a murderer. murderer. Like, no, it's all mostly accidental. Yes. You'll see that in the in the other in the remake too. He brings her body to the shop, and the next morning we hear the segment uh the sergeant, sorry, giving a statement about the investigation. Mushnik's telling people outside to calm their tits and get out of the way for Seymour. Investigators come in telling Mushnik they will keep an eye on things. You know, they're they're like, why are these people keep disappearing and there's too much shit going on? The silent observers are there and they're ready to give them the award. Everyone in the room is so excited to see the buds open. The plant starts opening. Now, this is different. The buds of the flowers. Now the, the plant is huge. The buds Massive, start opening yeah. and the buds show people's faces and they're the faces of all the people at eight. Yeah. That's like that is bizarre. Now that's that's kind of cool. I was like. Huh, that's unique, different. Investigators are like, well, shit, Seymour starts running. Everyone's fainting. Teenage girls are excited, I guess. Seymour's running away from the cops like Scooby-Doo chases. Like, it goes on for six minutes. They're just chasing back and forth. He, she, he goes through a pipe. They go up the pipe. He goes through the other way. They turn back around. It's like, oh, they're just killing time at this point. Yeah. And and then all of a sudden, all these kids are running with them. Like, what? I, <laughs> that is Scooby-Doo just It is. There's more people. Yeah. <laughs> so Seymour goes into a tire rubber factory to get away. And the investigators and Mushnick try to follow him. He starts walking on tires. 
like and like I said in my notes, I think they were just trying to come up with shit at this point, like to put more time in. The final chase scene drags on way too long, and this is where I was like, hey, just need to end the movie five minutes ago. They finally can't find him in the junkyard, and as they're looking, they see a row of toilets, and Seymour's hiding in one of them. Ha <laughs> ha! A last little laugh. Yeah. Seymour escapes back to the shop, the plant, and he was like yelling at the plant for ruining his life. He grabs a knife and climbs into the plant, and he's going to try to kill it. We see the ladies come in, and the plant opens up, and boom, Munchnik and the investigators come in and see Seymour's face come out of the plant, and boom, the end. So one thing that I think of is when he sticks his head out of the toilet, like, that's physically impossible. Like, what is that toilet sitting on? One. Two, <laughs> the bottom half of the toilet has to be gone if you're going to fit your head in there. Oh. I don't know. I don't believe it's, it. They're just trying to be silly, but it's yeah, like, yeah. it's just too silly. And the ending is like, okay, so it's a dark ending. Our protagonist is right. eaten. Yeah. And... That's it. And, okay. and what you said, like, I agree. It it could have ended with them showing the faces. Yeah, that would have been perfect. But then it also, oh, it's kind of, what happened to Seymour or whatever. It's just like, I don't know. They were trying to figure out a way to get him out and then back and then eaten, I guess. That's what. I get that. I probably. get that. I just, but, this is just a, a silly, fun movie. It's not supposed to be serious. It, the plot points aren't really there. The characters are are over the top like they're supposed to be. But yeah, it's it's different. So with scenes that stick out for this, what stuck out for you? Mm. I mean, <laughs> the, yeah, the, the dentist. dentist office and I wrote the interactions with the lady of the night. Yeah, so when Seymour's talking, that that part's pretty funny. Um, but yeah, it's it's like there's no particular scenes. It's no. just like little bits, little segments. Yeah. It's like, oh, that part's a little funny. Like then. Dick Miller eating the plant and the yeah. flowers. Like, Dick or eating this, the flowers. The investigators. The investigators know. are hilarious. Just some of that stuff. <laughs> <He> just, uh. <laughs> yeah, and, nothing too crazy. It wasn't like that scene was amazing or anything. I, yeah. don't know. I feel like the whole movie is a pretty much you know the same throughout and it kind of dips down a yeah. couple times, but it's just a a comedy that's not supposed to be taken seriously. Yeah. And speaking of performances, like obviously everyone's just so out there and crazy, but Jack Nicholson, that just I completely didn't know he was in this. Or maybe I did and I forgot, but it was just a surprise and he's just hilariously silly. Uh, it's, the Terror, yeah, that came out in Yeah, The Terror, then, but 63. Cry Baby Killer was his first film. Yeah, and then this, and then it looks like The Terror, yep. I think. And then some other pretty great movies over the years, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, um, but the guy, we'll get into the actors and we can give, but the guy who plays Seymour is pretty darn funny. And that, yeah. You know, that's Jonathan Hayes. And um, like Mr. Mushnick, you know, they're, yeah, he's, Mel he's pretty funny too, mm. and. And Dick Miller. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, if anything sticks out, it's that. <laughs> yeah, just just the silliness of the characters is fun. And so we have uh, special effects here. I mean, we got a puppeteered plant, and yeah. it's like it looks cheap and cruddy, well, but it works. Yeah, they definitely like sewn this thing together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With it, yeah, it's just silly looking. And overall feeling um, for me, it's a meh quote, horror comedy. I don't say, I mean, horror comedy is horror elements, but 
It's just some silly slapstick humor, situational humor. I chuckled a few times. One part I really laughed, but it's just fun. It, you know, not serious. Yeah, it, I wouldn't be like, oh, you haven't seen Little Shop of Horrors from 1960? Yeah. Like, that's not something I would say. And or, it's definitely not one of Corman's best works. No, anymore. but it's definitely better than some of the movies we have watched oh, lately. Oh, that's for sure. Hands down. I'd watch this over. This was, <laughs> this was refreshing. Yes. It's just yeah, it was, it was pretty fun. Um, now the soundtrack. Uh, you want to get into the the soundtrack here? Uh, yeah, we had the music by Fred Katz and Ronald Stein. So that's all the the jazziness and the... yeah, not much. There's gonna be a lot more music in the next one. Yeah, yeah. This there's just these jazz elements that kind of give it like that downtown late sixty or early sixties feel. City downtown, yeah, and it sounds together, cool. Yeah. I love that intro. It's I'm always down for jazz in the films. Um, I didn't really have anything. We didn't have anything for sound design. Like it's, no, it's just, just, I'm pretty sure it, it's great. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing that's the only thing that's recorded, um, in like a studio is probably the feed me stuff. Everything else is just like a, st- a production, a theater production. Yeah. It's, it's all like on the stage. So there's no overdubs or anything. Um, yeah. So the actors and the crew, the actors and the crew from, Skid Row, New York. Yeah. Skid Row, California, New York. Yeah. New York. Oh, yeah. So we had Jonathan Hayes as Seymour Kelborn. Jackie Joseph as Audrey Fulquard. I almost said Farquaad. Fuck. <laughs> Audrey Fuckwad? It's like, what? Fuckwad. Uh, Mel Wells as Gravis Mushnick. Yeah. Mr. Mushnick. Dick Miller as Fouch. Karen Kupchnit. Kupchnit. as Shirley. And Myrtle Vale as Winifred Crowborn, the mom, the drunk yeah, mom, and obviously mom. Jack Nicholson. As Wilberforce. Yeah, so cinematography was done by Archie R. Dalzell, and he's done cinematography on a lot of Corman films. Same thing with the editor, Marshall Nealon Jr., an editor on a lot of Corman films. Mm. Art direction, Daniel Holler. Do you want to guess? A lot of a lot stuff of- on Corman films. <laughs> yeah. And the sound department, Philip Mitchell and Jim Dixon. A lot of so Corman. I mean, it kind of makes sense, especially it, with yeah. how he went about doing films. Like, hey, we're gonna do like two movies in one week, or some shit. You know, yeah. Why would he go out of his way to trying to hire to have, different people? Yeah, just use the same group, especially if they're doing that many movies at a time and yeah. using sets and um, from other movies. And I mean, yeah, makes, that makes sense. sense. And going into Roger Corman, we've talked about him before on our episode on um, Poe. Um, sorry, well, the Poe series we talked about um, in that one episode. <laughs> that was, that oh, was boy. forever We've done ago. like 28 episodes at this point. I mean, yeah. That one, you know. Um, our well, episode, no, we did, what, what was it? Fall of the House the of Usher. Fall of House yeah, of Usher. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we talked <laughs> about that already, but. We don't even know what we did. I, mean, I know. it's Yeah, there's a lot of movies. There's a lot, but he's he has a, a you know, in the 800 range of movies he's done. He's done... Actually, I think that's the only Roger Corman movie we have covered is yeah, House of Usher. There you go. So he's done a lot of films, right? Um, and so his style is obviously low budget, uses a lot of the same crew, some of the same actors appear. Um, it's his. The acting is melodramatic and over the top. Um, the, the set pieces are, you know, more of a... Like a stage production and um that's hmm. that's really it i oh, mean and, yeah uh, duh, obviously so he did 
this and House of Usher the yes. same year. House of Usher and same. The Pit and the Pendulum and um, a few other Poe films. Now, his other films, all of them have done okay. Like, you know, the, he came out oh, with so he many. Did the Terror the, yeah. with Jack yep. Nicholson. Okay. So some of his, especially his more um, horror-attuned films, his post series did pretty well in the box office. But he came out with so many movies that I think at some point people just started going for what fun. What did he do on Slumber Party Massacre? Oh? What? I didn't know that. Huh. Doing, I don't know, he popped up. He's producer or something? That's know. interesting. We'll have to go over that movie at some point. That's that a fun movie's one. ridiculous. Yeah. But, um... So his style is, yeah, known for spectacle, wide-angle shots, melodramatic, very low budget. And let's talk about the movie's background. It's August 5th, 1960 when it came out. came out in the U.S. It would also called, um, the alternate name was The Passionate People Eater. Wow. I like that. The, I like that title. The Passionate, passionate People Eater. It's the, just, oh, it's too similar to The Purple People Eater. Oh, that's probably why they didn't use it. Now here's what I find fascinating. Look at that budget, twenty seven thousand. That's even with that, with that money in the nineteen sixties. That's not a lot. That's that's very cheap. Not to mention he used most of the old set from Roger Corman's movie Bucket of Blood. Hmm. So that makes sense. Um, now the Rotten Tomatoes score. I'm going to ask you about this. Critics yeah. give it a ninety four percent. Audience fifty five. Why is that? Critics Such gave it higher? 55. Yeah. Why Weird. is that such a huge discrepancy? I don't know. Head? I'm surprised that critics liked it. I, I'm not going to lie. I thought they would be the ones to be like, no. I thought it would be reversed. Tri-. Me too. Weird. Uh, the critics loved it so much and that, that the nice. audience didn't like it. Weird. I didn't. Eh. Yeah. I'm actually pretty confused. It is confusing. <laughs> like what? And how to watch it? Actually... You could find this on on Tubi, on YouTube, on Max. I think it was. I, I mean, it was on Max when I initially watched mm-hmm. it. I yeah, I, that's why I, I watched it. Oh, okay, that's why I watched it. Well, sweet. The rating system. Kill it. Watch it. Buy it. Dustin, what you thinking for the original Google uh, Shop for the original? I would say if you're in, if you're curious, if you're interested, watch it for sure. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, watch it just to see how young Jack Nicholson in is. And just that little scene with him is that that's worth watching this movie. Yeah, and I guess the yeah, watch this movie. There's and it is a short, little, silly film. So yeah, hour and twelve minutes. Like, psh. yeah, yeah. Just watch say, it on a lunch uh, break or something. I would say watch it. What about you? Yeah, watch it. This is something like man, I have to have this in my you know DVD collection. Or I did come across it on VHS. I was like, sweet, but yeah. Um, speaking. I guess I should bring that that up. We are watching this on my VHS right now. Mm-hmm. And on the VHS cover, we oh, have yeah. a full... This is the full color version. Was, was it black and white? That you it was black on? and white when it was released. So there is a black and white version. And if you could find the VHS or whatever, they have a full color version. Which I, I was, think I was reading that people didn't care for this colored edit. And they redid it again. Yeah, but, I, I can tell it's a little oversaturated. In yeah, color. It, I watched in black and white and it looked just fine. Yeah, but they have Jack Nicholson on the cover of this with the plant in his hand. Right. But that never happened, so it was a huge marketing ploy. Hey, because people were like, hey, you know, it's out, early Jack Nicholson. And when I, they 
Yeah, this came out in 1990, this VHS. Oh. So that, that makes a lot of sense. And of course, most people by 1990 would know, and here's a good segue, The Little Shop of Horrors from 86. Yeah. And that's what we're going to talk about next. Yep. I'm we'll very excited it. for this. Oh, I love this movie I so much. I freaking put it on, but wait, yep. Uh, it is is. Mother. I'm just going to keep singing all the songs. That's how we'll pretend we're watching the movie in the background. I mean, I, I was thinking about just trying to find the songs, honestly. Yeah, it's wrong. Now, that's a vinyl you should get. I would. The, and try to find the original Broadway production. I guarantee you can get that for a pretty penny. Dang. Mm-hmm. I wonder. That would be cool. Yeah. Yeah, that would be a great episode for a vinyl edition. Is like, look over a Broadway or a Broadway, like, something. Mm. Yeah, I'm cute. Yeah. So we're going to talk about Little Shop of Horrors, the remake. However, it's not a f- full-fledged remake. It's actually a theatrical release of the br- of the Broadway musical based on Roger Corman's film. So it's got this long succession. So 1982, Broadway musical, it, it, there's a Broadway musical production um, produced by David Geffen to... Uh, showcase Little Shop of Horrors in a new format. It's like it's you know it's it's heavily influenced by obviously Roger Corman's. It, it even cites it that this is based on Roger Corman's movie uh, Little Shop of Horrors, and it's a huge hit on Broadway. And then right away they're like, we need to make a movie out of this. So for the next four years, this is in production, and they give the directorship to Frank Oz. Now you might recognize that name. It's Frank Oz. The guy does the voice of Yoda. <laughs> that's fucking sweet. I was like, that's, I didn't know he was a director. That, yeah. Uh, how many other movies did he do, though? He did a, he, here's, here's the thing about Frank Oz's director. There's some movies that he did, like The Score. You're like, what? Oh, he did and did The Muppets. Oh. And, oh, yeah, did some other Seth random, H- yeah, the, like, that was the one that was for me. Like, you ever seen The what Score? The, the Score? He directed The Score, the score and, Indian. I don't think I've seen that. Oh, it's pretty good. It's got Robert De Niro in it and um, that guy in Fight Club. What's right Edward Norton? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, how did you hear about the 86 version of it, Little Shop of Horrors? I mean, that, yeah, it was one of those I seen the cover, but I never watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, one time, maybe 10 years ago, I tried watching it because I heard it was a musical and, you know, I like Rocky Horror, whatever. I like musicals. Uh-huh. So, but I didn't realize it was a Broadway musical. So mm-hmm. when I tried watching it, I was just not ready, and I turned it off. And I was like, ah, I'll come back to this, and I never came back to it yeah. until like a year ago, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've I've been missing out. Oh, this is. I think this is one of those. It's yes, this is a horror podcast, and this is technically a horror comedy. But this is very mainstream. I know so many people who know these songs, yeah. who know this movie. It's it's a big deal. And it was a big deal for the studio that made it, too. So, I mean, we'll talk about that a little later. Uh, I'll do the spoiler-free short summary, and you can rock and roll here. So, a loner working in a flower shop is sold a new type of plant. He and his co-worker believe showing this new plant in the shop will get more business. Little does he know this plant needs a lot of love, attention, and human blood. <laughs> yeah, a lot of blood. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, trigger warnings. 
there. Oh yeah, I guess so. You want to go over that? Yeah, too? I put this in there. It's it takes the uh, like a relationship domestic violence a little too like I don't know the way it goes about. It's kind of like that was odd. I wonder. It, I'm assuming that's how they went with it in the Broadway. in the in the yeah. That's how they do the musical. But okay. I, I at the same time, it's not it's not condoned or it's not over the top. It's just like. So people could be triggered by that. Um, there's one scene where it like shows Steve Martin, you know, slapping um, Audrey, but it's like in like a window in the shadow. Oh, we're gonna play this over the TV. Sorry. Oh, good. The, uh, so yeah, we kind of got that, but um, other than that, it's a very very fun movie, and it ha- I had a smile on my face the entire time watching this, like I always do with this film. So yeah, we'll start it out. Uh, I watched the director's cut, which mm-hmm. when I was asking you, oh, which one should we do? And you, uh, obviously, the director's cut, the one that is supposed to be watched, I feel yes. like, like. And again, this was the first time I watched it was the director's cut. And I heard about the original theatrical cut. So I went back and just watched that ending. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's still good, but it's there's. There's so much more added in the director's cut. Yeah, the, the ending is ridiculous. Yeah. But, yeah, we, okay. We will get into that. <clears throat> so, opening credits start Star Wars style. I, I love that. <laughs> the opening credits, like, in space. And mm-hmm. then we have the scrolling credits, setting up the plot and everything. And then we get the opening Little Shop of Horror theme song plays. This movie is based on the musical stage play, like we've mm-hmm. talked about. So that's how the movie plays out. Characters are singing and all that good stuff. Uh, and yeah, it starts with three ladies who appear throughout the film. Yeah, Ronit, Chiffon, and uh, oh, crud. I didn't the one in the middle. Their, I didn't even catch their names. <laughs> so, yeah, they say their names um, when they're being talked to by Mushnik, but uh, mm. they're great. They're and their they, singing is in astounding. Oh yeah, good. And really good. Dancing's fun. They're just fun. This is, now that so the original Little Shop Horrors is fun, but this movie is great. It it will put a smile on your face. It's just it's so fun. It's a fun ass movie. Yeah. All right, intro song by the way, incredibly catchy. I've had it stuck in my head now for two days. That doesn't get stuck in your head, then you don't have a soul. It's that, like a doo ah, They're so all like, bop, yeah, it's all like most of the songs are like rockabilly, doo wop. It's just, it's so cool. Yeah. Ah. Uh, anyway, yeah, great intro to the movie. Uh, yeah. So it's like a doo wop style um, theme song, little shop, little shop of horrors, like we just heard. And now we have Seymour, played by Rick Moranis. Who, mm-hmm. if you don't know who Rick Moranis is, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. And he's working in the basement of the plant shop. He's got the radio playing, but it turns off during a story regarding the recent lunar eclipse. Mm-hmm. Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. So we cut to Audrey, real Audrey, walking in the shop on yeah. the street uh, with some Twin Peaks jazz playing. Did you notice I, that? Oh, uh, you know what? I made a note of that, and then I forgot to add it in because it's like that kind of sounds it, like do 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 do. It's so freaking. Like when um, um, it sounds like Audrey. Audrey's wow. Wait. Audrey. Wait a Audrey. minute. Audrey. David Lynch. What did you do? <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah. 
Some of you are like, no fucking clue. So there's a character in Twin Peaks named Audrey who has a theme song. And it's like, when... Every time she comes in and dances or we're going to like... Or the Bookhouse Boys has a very similar theme. But it's a very... Yeah. And this movie has Audrey. <laughs> I wish wow. people just saw our faces. We're just like, holy Whoa. shit. <laughs> there you go. Um, damn. Yeah, Audrey walks in to her theme music from Twin Peaks. So I'm just going to say that. Yeah. And uh, she's got a black eye. And Mr. Mushnick tells Audrey that her boyfriend is no good. Meanwhile, Seymour comes upstairs uh, carrying dozens of pots and drops them everywhere. So he's still got that. He's yeah, it's like he's still a klutz. He's still silly. And and uh, Mr. Mushnick then shoots some girls standing outside of the shop, which are the three ladies who are throughout this whole film. Yeah, they're kind of like the narrators. They add... You know, they they introduce songs. They're kind of like the ladies from um, Hercules, the Disney one. Yeah, because they they, they like introduce the plot. They sing. I I bet they got that from this. Probably. Yeah. Um. So going into this already, you can tell like the the humor's a little more. It's it's like present. It's a lot more present. It's it's a lot more vibrant. I'm gonna give huge shout outs. To the cinematographer and the editor when we get to them later because the way this is shot and the way this is edited is just looks great looks beautiful and it's just very fun it's a stage production done on film but it's done so well like yes this right here the city looks like a set piece mm-hmm. um but it's it's a very like everything's heavily detailed there's cracks in the buildings there's trash on the streets there's extras actually doing things in the background. There's extras singing. There's extras singing. There's so much love put into this movie. You can just tell there everyone involved is having a fun time. Yeah, and this this movie has soul to it. I feel like it is it's, quintessential '80s. If you under if you love the '80s, you've got to watch this movie. Even if you're not a horror fan, just, everyone's got to watch this. It's so fun. Yeah. And eh. if you don't like musicals, then man. Well, I mean, I, mean, like, I, I people that don't like musicals might like this because it's just, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's just so good. fun. It's, so it's well done. It's catchy. It's silly. It's got Rick fuck Moranis. And we got some more big stars coming up here in a little bit. So, yes. uh, where were we? Oh, yeah. Mr. Mushnick tells Audrey that her boyfriend is no good. And Seymour comes upstairs, dropping the pots everywhere. Like, oh, yeah, klutz. Mr. Mushnick shoes the ladies from standing outside of the shop. And then we get our Down on Skid Row song, Down which is what Skid we're currently Row. singing. And yeah. all everybody in the streets is, is singing this song, and it's so good. I don't know. Every song's good, Well, yeah, honestly. It's, it's just so well made. Down and on Skid Row. Everything is catchy. Yeah. And it just... It, so they took... The original that had like, hey, a killer plan. But this movie's like, let's do that, but let's like add background to the scenery. Let's add more about these characters. Let's it's just it's just fun. It's just even a whole thing on where they're actually at. Like in the original, oh yeah, we're in Skid Row, but we never really see anything outside of the shop. Right. Yeah. And exactly. And the fact that they're using the same like three sets is a part mm-hmm. of it too. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we get that. And this kind of, the song introduces Audrey mm-hmm. and Audrey is actually the only person from the actual Broadway 
musical. I I think that's what mm-hmm. I think that's correct. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so yeah, she's the only one who's like not an actor. She well, I, I'm not going to say that. But she does a hell of a good job. So. Yeah, uh, she yeah she came from the stage play and she kept her role because she fucking nailed it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, she is played by Ellen Green, mm-hmm. and so we get Seymour and Audrey getting in on the song. Uh, down on Skid Row as it ends with both of them doing a little duet. Mm-hmm. And the next scene we have Seymour, Audrey, and Mushnick just standing around the shop. And it's kind of like a time lapse and nobody's coming. Yeah, they're by. not getting any business. I like the original no. that at least they get that one woman coming in people dying. <laughs> There's no one coming yeah, in. Nobody. Here. Nobody. And he decides he wants he's like, that's it. I'm closing the shop. You know, sorry, but we're out of business. And Audrey tells Seymour, oh go go get the new plant that you've been working on from downstairs and then we get this point of view from the plant for a moment as they're all looking down on it yeah when he brings it back up and the plant's sitting inside of a, a coffee can which is pretty funny so mm-hmm. seymour sets it in the window and goes well maybe if we put a new interesting plant in the window we can get some customers and like, the second it, he does and mush is like that's just stupid then and all of a sudden yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. mush is like that's that. not gonna happen and the second he puts the plant down somebody comes in and he's like Where'd you get that plant? And then you cue the song. Well, do you remember that solar eclipse we had a be about a week ago? <laughs> da 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 da. Nope. Da doop doo doo. <laughs> yeah. I forgot how it goes. And then he's walking around looking for plants. Um, the eclipse happens and a light flashes. This is on song right so, yeah, now. Yeah, we get the alien element now yeah. to this. They yeah. didn't have that in the original, so oh, we know I bought that some seeds from some guy. Yeah, it's like this time. It's like no. The plant it was, was a, zapped by aliens. Yeah, and now it was an, an eclipse. Alien. It got zapped. It just appeared there. And the plant is now just sitting there amongst the zinnias. And he mm-hmm. bought it for a dollar ninety nine. Yeah, that's a good price, I think, for that. Uh, I, yeah, yeah, I feel so. I feel like mm-hmm. it. Uh, so the man goes, while I'm here, well, while I'm here, I better buy some roses. Uh, $50 worth, but doubles it to 100 because Mr. Moshnik... He's like, can I get $50 worth of roses? Oh, do you have change for like, 100 God, God. Yeah, it's like, and oh, get the business. And like, oh, I don't have change for 100 Sorry. Well, I better just get twice as many. And I was like, Said oh, nobody ever. I know. Said nobody this ever. silly. Uh, <laughs> so we get a montage of people coming in, you know, while that plant, they're buying flowers. Mr. Mushnick offers to take them out for dinner. Um, Seymour and Audrey. But Audrey declines, saying she already has a date with a no-good-nick by the way, so I love Ellen Green as Audrey. <laughs> that voice, oh, Mr. Mushnick, I've already got a date. Just I've that, already got a date. That Mr. Betty Mushnick. Boop like voice yeah. is a little annoying, but yeah, it it sometimes I'm just like, okay, let's speak up a little. But I I get yeah. what she's going for, and it is fun. But sometimes just like, oh, <laughs> she's just uh, she's so. She's so fragile. Oh, Mr. Mushnick, that'd be, that, that sounds so wonderful, but I already have a date tonight. Oh, yeah. with that go, no good Nick, according to Mr. Mushnick. Uh-huh. Uh, and Seymour is also hurt by the comment as she leaves because he's got a little uh-huh. crush on her. And Mr. Mushnick tells him to stay and take care of the plant. Cue Rick Moranis singing to Audrey too. Mm-hmm. I've given you sunshine. I've given you dirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please grow for me. Mm-hmm. Audrey, too, does the lip smacking like she's hungry and tries to bite Seymour because he cut his finger and it is bleeding. Mm-hmm. Cues bleed again. 
so yeah, it's the same <laughs> as the beginning. Um, he cut, accidentally cuts himself, and this plant's just like. So yeah, so we don't get blood. that weird feed me type yeah, no. deal. It's just <laughs> it's like just. And, like, mm. and he feeds her a few drops, and she grows after he leaves the basement. And then we get WSKID Radio. Oh, and Wink Wilkinson at... Wink, Wink Wilkinson at WSKID Weird Radio or something like that. I don't even played remember. played by... John Candy. John Candy. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Wink, Wilker, <laughs> Wink, 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 Wink Wilkinson. Wilkinson's Weird World. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um. So, yeah. We're at now. We're at the radio station where people bring in their weird things, and the host talks about them. Mm-hmm. And Seymour and Audrey, Audrey are Audrey two. See, it's not Audrey Junior. It's Audrey two. In this yeah, this one. time it's Audrey two. So but that's fine. This part's fucking funny. They're sitting yeah. in the waiting room with a group of weird people. There's a dummy with a nun playing sax, and there's an old lady and a man with some sort of flying thing. Yeah, I don't even know what the fuck that flying is. Flying machine. Or something. Yeah, I don't even. <laughs> And uh, so there's a lady bending over like the receptionist in front of Audrey too, and the plant just wants to bite her. About to eat that ass. He's about to eat. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah. (laughs) I know that's why it's so funny. Oh man. And yeah, so now we're at Wink Wilkerson's Weird World, um, played by John Candy. That's a fucking tongue twister. I know. And Seymour comes in to sit, and John Candy is just going off, doing his weird thing. He's got two microphones. He's like, oh, please, please don't do that. Just like all sorts of it's crazy all these stuff. these weird sounds, and it's like, he's a disc jockey, but like, yeah, playing over the top, of course. Yeah, and he's got all these, trying to make all these sound effects and this and that. But uh, mm-hmm. So he's asking where he got the plant, and then, well, you remember that solar eclipse about a week ago, and the song <laughs> starts, over. but it yeah, cuts. I like that. Which is cool. awesome. Mm-hmm. I really like that. Uh, and then, so after that scene, we get a solo number from Audrey after she walks home with her arm now in a cast. And she runs into the three ladies that are always popping up. And they tell her that she needs a guy like Seymour. And she starts flipping through a magazine, singing about all the things that she wants. Dreaming about Seymour cutting the grass. Yeah. And all that stuff. It's pretty funny. Somewhere green. Yeah, that's somewhere that's green. In the pine salt scented air, somewhere that's green. Between our frozen dinner and bedtime, 9.15. We snuggle watching Lucy on our enormous 12-inch screen. Which is so fucking funny. Those are, yeah, lyrics from the song. Uh, yeah, because the movie's set in the, like, mid-50s, something uh, like that. Is it? I, or maybe in... Oh, it, maybe it's still trying to go back to its 1960s yeah, not, route. Because the cars Definitely are all... Definitely not the 80s, yeah. No, yeah, the cars are, like, late 50s, early 60s. Yeah, that uh, makes sense. Yeah, so I, that 12-inch I screen Lucy. was probably the biggest TV they had probably, in which the is, 50s. Gosh, uh, just go back in time with just, I guess, a cell phone. And they'll be mm-hmm. like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. After that song, we get a number, Some Fun Now, by the three ladies talking about Seymour as he's feeding the plant his blood and all of his responsibilities. Mm-hmm. It turns into chaos at the plant shop. Business is booming, but Seymour is sidetracked in his mind. It's <laughs> just like losing it because he's losing so much blood. Yeah. And then, fuck. So... I said, oh, fuck, Steve Martin. So yeah, Steve Martin, <laughs> Steve Martin. The first time I watched this, I could not take it seriously because I, it's Steve Martin in, like, a 
with black hair Elvis. And wig and Steve Elvis Martin is Elvis as an Elvis dentist. Pretty yeah. Yeah, pretty much. He and talks it's like just the like, mannerisms. What the fuck is it's this? Just crazy. It's so fucking funny. Um Steve Martin, you'll be a dentist. I cannot take this seriously with his Elvis hair. Yeah. He's just torturing people in his dentist's office. He's got <laughs> his own song. He's huffing the gas, getting high, fucking just causing pain on people doing his thing. And he's got a shrine of his mom in the closet. Right. I don't even know. He's like beating the shit out of the nurses. Yeah. On ex- the, well, the I, whole scene is. It's just, he's, yeah, he's a sadomasochist dentist. And uh, there's this part in this thing with like teeth done by, it's like teeth done by the Marquis de Sade. It's just, you know who that is? That's the same, like, they, they based the movie Solo on that. And, oh, my oh, God. Oh, boy. That, so, it's oh just my funny. God. It was a Marquis de How do we bring up Salo in this fucking... Well, it's Marquis no. de Sade. It just made sense. Yeah. Oh, my. Should we do that movie sometime? <sighs> no. No, okay. Fair <laughs> enough. All right. I don't, no, don't want to watch that again. <laughs> I've seen that. And... Oh, you have? Oh, no. Oh, you haven't? I, I haven't. Wait. No, I have not. Oh, uh, you haven't been I've heard of with it. Cameron long enough then. That was uh, oh. a long time ago. I, yeah, at some point I might, but it's in my 1001 movies to watch before I die. It's actually not bad. I mean. But like, it's ridiculous. I, like, it's, I, it's bad, but it's not like. Yeah. I know some at some point things. I'm going to because uh. I've. That list, I do Uh-oh. religiously try to watch those movies and want to watch all of them. But like maybe we could bring Cameron on for that. Yeah, that'd be... if if we did any of his fucked up movies, that would be the one that I would probably all... be okay with watching again. Yeah, because the rest of them I don't uh, no, want to. I, I yeah, there's two movies in particular we watched, and I'm like, I can't sit through that. I had to shower after one of them. Like literally, <laughs> I went home and showered. But um, back to uh, yeah. Shop of Horrors, which Shop is of a, Horrors. How do we get to nice? That? Tangent. You did it. No, Tangent. <laughs> um, where are we at? So, yeah, the whole dentist scene, he, he did his whole thing. So, we found out that the dentist, Orville, is the guy that Audrey is dating. Yeehaw. Mm-hmm. And he comes and picks her up from the shop and takes her away on his motorcycle. So, Seymour then goes to lock up the shop, and the plant falls over, and this is when we get the talking plant. Yeah. Finally talks. Feed no. me, Seymour. See, compared to the feed me. And yeah, no, this guy. The, yeah. Levi Stubbs is the guy who does the, the voice. voice of Audrey, too. Feed me, Seymour. And this is what makes the movie for me. The the it, puppeteering of Audrey, too. Like, it beats. It's just so awesome. This like, plant looks so much it's better, It's so too. well done. The puppeteering is excellent. And Levi Stubbs' voice it's just, it's so great. And one of my favorite songs from this entire movie comes up later with him involved. So it's just so funny. <laughs> yes. He's about to eat ass in the sea. Yeah, we're watching that. <laughs> <laughs> feed me, Seymour. I'm starving. I'm starving. And so we get the Feed Me, Seymour song. Mm-hmm. Starts up. Uh, Audrey wants Seymour to start. Audrey 2 wants Seymour to start killing people to feed him. Mm-hmm. And they argue. And I wrote the animatronics are great. Um, Audrey yeah. said, "It's yeah, it's practical effects." Also, fun it. fact: they they didn't like how slow it took to move his mouth, mm. 
So they spe- they sped it up by another 12 frames. So when the parts, when he's singing with Rick Moranis, Rick Moranis is actually singing in slow motion. What? That's crazy. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Fun fact. How? I, I don't know. That's How do you sing in slow motion? Uh, so, yeah, Audrey says that they will give Seymour whatever he wants at, as long as he feeds him. So they go back and forth, and then they see the dentist outside treating Audrey like shit. So mm-hmm. he's going to get murked. Yeah. Well. And the next thing we get... Bill Murray taking on Jack Nicholson's original role at the dentist office. Yeah, Bill Murray just shows up. And fun fact, uh, all of the lines he just made up on the spot. <laughs> he just they're like, "Hey Bill, we need you to come in. Uh, we want you in this movie to work with Steve." So, oh, I love working with Steve. Here's some lines. I don't need those. Yeah. Everything he just came up with awesome. on the spot. And I think Bill Murray's probably the only guy that they could put in that role to fit that. To fit Jack uh, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's wild. Oh, it's great. Um, so yeah, he goes in and he needs a long, slow root canal. He tells the <laughs> dentist. <And> so <laughs> uh, while that's going on, um, Seymour walks in with a gun and Walton waits in the lobby. And Bill Murray is just yelling in the background, Oh, yeah! Don't stop! Thank you! <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. Oh. And then after a while, the dentist just tells him to get out because he's like, he says, Goddamn sicko. After he kicks him out, he's like, This fucking guy. Because <laughs> he's not getting, you know, the satisfaction like, yeah, of causing exactly. pain. He's, not pain. he's like, Get out of here. And then he pulls in Seymour and he's about to operate on him, but he decides he wants to use his special gas mask. This <laughs> fucking guy. He's just, uh, he puts on his, this thing, this gas mask, and he just starts laughing uncontrollably, and um, Seymour pulls the gun out, but just gets laughed at. Then Dennis goes to turn the gas off, but breaks the valve, it's and like, oh, shit. gasses himself out. So there's no dueling of... No duel. Well, he <laughs> dies of, like, laughing to death, essentially, oh. which is like, okay. <laughs> it, yeah. Um, so, after that... We see Seymour dragging his body down the stairs and down the street and back to the shop, which is, again, ridiculous. Because he's dragging a body in the middle of the road. It's like it's covered (laughs) in a sheet or whatever. But but at least in the old movie, like it was in a bag. You could tell it was in parts. But this is just drags the whole fucking body down. It's like hitting every step. Um, Yeah, so he, he drags the body back to the plant shop. And he goes and chops up the body, but Mushnik sees it happening. Well, the shadow of it happening. Mm-hmm. And Seymour then feeds Audrey too. And Audrey is sad after hearing that something... Real Audrey is sad after hearing uh, something happened to the dentist. But Seymour says that she deserves better. And it turns into the song, Suddenly Seymour. Oh, and suddenly Seymour. Oh, it's good. Is standing beside me. Like, that song it's, is like, yeah, uh, It's fuck a yeah. rock anthem. Mm-hmm. Uh, the song is uplifting and hopeful, and you're like, hell yeah, and they kiss. Yeah. Hell yeah. What? Who doesn't want to kiss Rick Moranis? So, <laughs> and so, yeah, after that, Mr. Mr. Mushnick then confronts Seymour about killing the dentist, and we get Audrey to Yeah, because he saw it and was like, oh, fuck this, and ran away. Or no, he saw it. And then we'll get to that part. He did, and like the other movie where the guy was like, I'm going to turn you in and everything. This was a little bit different. Yeah. Uh, he confronts Seymour about killing the dentist, and we get Audrey 2 singing as Mushnik forces Seymour upstairs by gunpoint. 
and Mushnik has his back against the plant. And he's about to get it eaten. So Mr. Mushnik was asking how to take care of the plant, but now <laughs> has become plant food himself. Whoa. When yep, yeah, and then we get so after the, he kind of just backs into the to the plant, right? Mm -hmm. And he just gets eaten. So after all of that, we then get a montage of all these companies and TV shows, talk shows, and all that good jazz. They want famous. And yeah, they want Seymour and the plant to come on. Oh, we want to interview you and all that. Seymour is getting overwhelmed at this point. So mm -hmm. right when they're filming for a live TV show, the plant falls over dead, and they ask him to feed it, and he's just. Flips out. He's like, no, everybody get out of here. You need to leave me alone. And he runs off. Mm -hmm. um, and he, yeah, he runs off. So Audrey goes after him saying that the TV show is coming back tomorrow with money. And Seymour asks her to marry him and run off after they get the money. Yeah. She agrees and runs off to get it. She's like, oh, I got to go ready. Let's get married tonight. Fuck. That's, <laughs> how do you? Dang. Let's get married tonight. Like, I, all right. Okay, like, fuck. And Seymour goes back to the shop, and she goes get ready. And the plant says, "Feed me, Seymour." And runs he <laughs> runs to the store to get some ground meat. He's like, "I'll go get you ground meat. I'm not killing you any anybody else or anything." Mm -hmm. He's like, "The plant's like, whatever. Just bring me some fucking food." <laughs> yeah, it's, and once Seymour leaves, the plant begins to scheme. It takes like the vines or whatever it's got growing. Yeah, and, like it's... grabs. The wall and this and that pulls itself across the room, takes out a coin out of the cash register, <laughs> and makes a call on the payphone. It's a collect call, yes. <laughs> so Audrey too calls Audrey and starts singing to her. She looks out the window and sees the plant. The plant just the, in the window, like in the hey. window, like hey, what's <laughs> up? Like, <laughs> so she can't believe it. She runs over, checks out the plant. He tricks her and eats her. But right when that happens, Seymour walks in and he pulls her out of his mouth. But she's injured. She's dying. Seymour confesses to Audrey. She asks him to feed her to the plant after she dies so that it'll live and he could be successful. And so that in some way she could be with him yeah. still. Oh. And she sings to him and then dies, which Ooh. sucks. So interesting. Sad that, yeah, that's in the director's cut because the original. Oh, just, no, no, no. Just yeah. In the original, she doesn't die. Yeah. Nope, they were like, no, this we is, can't kill the... This is where everything changes. This yep. is, from here on out, things are a bit different. But, one thing is not different. The best song in the whole movie is coming up right now. So she dies. Seymour then feeds Audrey to the plant. After doing so, he runs out of the shop and climbs the stairs and ladders to uh, the building across the street, to the top of the building. And he's wanting to jump off until a man comes out. Patrick Martin, which I saw that was played by. That's someone. James Belushi. John yeah, Belushi's. What, yeah, what the fuck? I know. He's just there. He's like, in, hey. Yeah. And in the, and it's yet again, in the original, he shows up and it's him and Audrey. So this, it's, it's him without Audrey here. It's just all very mm, interesting. Okay. See, yeah, I didn't want, I'm not really too familiar with the theatrical version. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah. So he comes out and he's like, Hey, I'm with the international license and marketing. He wants to show Seymour something and he's all like, I took a cutting of your plant and grew another Audrey too. And now we could, with your permission and we'll pay you, we could take cuttings and get them in every home. 
And Rick Moranis is just like, fuck. <laughs> um, <laughs> yep. Rick they want to pay him to get, yeah, they want to pay him to get more leaf cuttings, little two Audrey twos everywhere. The plant smiles sinisterly, but Seymour runs off and the dude's all like, a vegetable is public domain. We don't got to deal with you. Yeah, good point. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Seymour goes and confronts the plant. Now we get the best song. I'm just a mean green mother from outer space. Oh, if you have not heard that's if you don't listen to any tracks from the the musical or from the movie, this song just kicks so much ass. I, I mean, a lot of the songs in this are great and they're all catchy, but this one is the best. Levi Stubbs as Audrey too. Uh, gotta listen to it. <laughs> So yeah, the, the plant starts singing. Seymour mm-hmm. tries shooting Audrey too, but it does nothing. Plant takes his gun and shoots back. Yeah, uh, it's like what? Seymour tries to grab an axe, and that doesn't work. And Audrey pulls down his pants. <laughs> and so uh, this line I really like. It the mm-hmm. Audrey too is singing is like, "You can keep the thing, you can keep the it, keep the creature. They don't mean shit." Yeah, all references to. So- 50s 60s yeah the movies. black the yeah i'm not from the from black lagoon planet. i'm from i'm from a planet from the outer moon yeah yeah oh so cool it's it's awesome just yeah he's just talking about all these you know the creature from the black lagoon mm-hmm. or the thing from another planet or it came from outer space or this that's, or that yeah um so yeah as that's all going down the shop is slowly getting destroyed as audrey 2 pursues seymour he then eats Seymour and spits out his glasses. Yet again, does not happen in the theatrical. Yeah. Pause right here because in the theatrical version, he the he brings down the building on him. And, you know, Audrey plant. comes in. This is theatrical. Yeah. Audrey okay. comes in and is like, oh, no. I, that's uh... yeah, poor, poor Seymour. And then Seymour, like, his hand comes out and it has electrical wiring. And he sticks it up to the plant and he's like, oh, and le- and Audrey's like, oh, shit. And then no, he literally says, oh, shit. And then, boom, he blows up. <laughs> and then Dang. the movie ends with he uh, with um, Seymour and Audrey walking into their that dream home they had in, in her song. Uh, and we see a little plant. And it smiles. Uh, and that ends there. But mm, in the director's cut. Mm, yeah. The end is near. As the three ladies rise up on the stage in front of American flag. The plants are rising up, terrorizing the world. We get one of the cra- this is one of the craziest deleted, <laughs> quote unquote. It completely changes scenes. like the tone of the movie at the oh, end. Oh, everything. And I think um, when I was talking to my buddy Phil, I think he also said like this was the most expensive scene that never originally got used. Well, the in whole the theatrical movie cut. At, I I read a um on I think it's just IMDb or something that this was um. Warner Brothers' most expensive movie yet. $30 million. Damn. Yep. But it definitely made that money back and then some. So yeah. at least there's that. Oh, Steve. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Plants are rising up. They're terrorizing the world. The whole end sequence was scrapped for the theatrical release because test audiences didn't like it. Mm-hmm. And it's basically a bunch of Audrey twos that are massive. Like Godzilla-sized fucking plants mm-hmm. destroying the world, eating everyone, destroying buildings. It's insane. 
And I think it was one of the most, yeah, one of the most expensive, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And yeah, that's it. Giant plants destroying cities and eating people. And that's how it fucking Very ends. different that's from the theatrical. So if you've watched the theatrical and you're like, I don't what, what are they talking about? That's the director's cut that was re-released <laughs> in 2012 on DVD. I think that's and, uh, Professor Sprout that he just punched. No. From Harry Potter. Oh. I think that's her. Maybe. Maybe. But there yeah. you go. Uh, mm-hmm. What a movie. That is, yeah, that was the remake in 1980. Yeah. So obviously this movie was focused more on the Broadway musical. Yes, it has some of the elements of the original um, Corman right. movie, yeah. but it just brings up the, you know, like this is a stage production. We've got, we've got a lot of singing, obviously. We've got um, just over-the-top acting, even more so than the original. We've got these really cool effects. I we did, like completely forgot about the yeah. camera work coming from the guy's mouth when he's in the dentist. Um, and just a lot of... Yeah. <laughs> a lot of that, I guess. Um, but I think with like the additions of, you know, uh, that that director's cut of like the plants taking over the world... Definitely one was a thing in the original. In the original, though, was kind of a sad ending because our main character died. Yeah. And it ends. But yeah. in the theatrical version of this, they kill the plant and they live happily ever after. There is another plant that's growing. But so it kind of leaves it like, ooh, is there really happily ever after? Mm-hmm. But it's interesting that both of them have endings that are kind of ambiguous. Yes. It's not like the monster ends and everyone's happy. It's not much of that. Yep. What else did you notice different between the original and the uh, um, remake? Like different. I mean, yeah, small things like uh, this plant's alien or whatever mm-hmm. that happened during a lunar eclipse rather than, oh, I bought some seeds off of a guy. Yeah. Um, yeah what else is different? I mean, well, yeah, I mean, like, you know, the characters oh, are mostly the same. Audrey's dating the dentist. I guess that's different. Oh, yeah. Now they make the dentist actually like meaningful so he's not just oh it's just the evil dentist now the dentist is kind of he's the first kill while in the uh, yeah like yeah the the reason why he goes to the dentist is to kill him not oh my tooth hurts i gotta go to the dentist and then he kills him he's like oh i can use him to feed him then yeah and we don't have yeah because like before it was the guy in the train tracks he threw a rock at or um not as much killing as in the as in the original but no. obviously it's it's more about like the silliness of i've said silly a lot i just realized how <laughs> silly that is so silly me um <laughs> i feel the, like this is more focused on the songs and the music yeah it's more focused on on the characters for sure a lot more character work yes oh this. yeah wait like, i mean we get they yeah. get solo songs they get yeah. duets and we get even the plant sings which is one of the best songs in the whole thing. So you get a lot of that, which is neat. Um, also, too, in the original, it was much like a stage production. Mm-hmm. And this movie is based on the Broadway production. So yet again, kind of like a stage production with some special effects, with some, you know, cinematography, sometimes a little more like a typical movie. But you can tell it's, it's since it did cost $30 million, you can tell that because everything is... Oh, yeah. It's just so there's so much detail in the costumes, in the scenery, yeah, in the, the puppeteering and of of the plants, and yeah, there's just a lot more. 
It's a lot more, you know? A yes. Lot more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Easily. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If any remake actually did something right, it's this one. I think, yeah, this is for sure. This and The uh, Thing. The, thing. Yes. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. remake is better than the original. Yeah. I oh, love yeah. this movie. I will watch it every year. The original, I might come back to here and there, but this is just a fun and exciting and catchy Doctor. Doctor. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry, Doctor. I'm sorry, Doctor. Yeah. So the performances from actors. Well, we've got I mean, we got <laughs> Rick yeah, Moranis. Freaking pretty we've got Ellen Green. Cast. Yeah. We've got Steve Martin and yeah. Levi fucking Stubbs is on there too. You know, Bill Murray and John Candy. John Candy, Bill like, Murray. Sure, they're in one scene, but like Yeah. Two it's, big names. Yeah. It's it's just a cast of SNL people. Pretty just, much. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the special effects, well, they put a lot of effort into the look of Audrey 2 and its design and the puppeteering and the animatronics, and it looks great. Sounds great. Because it's practical. Yes. And not fucking CGI that would dated so horribly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. It, it looks great. And... Yes. With the overall feeling about it. Love it. Love it. I love it. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Which is funny because, yeah, like I said, the first time I was, I was just, it started with the doo-wop. I was just not ready for a doo-wop Broadway. I know. I was like, I'll come back to this. And then when I did come back to it, I was, I was like, this movie is great. This movie was awesome. I can't believe that I actually went this long without seeing this yeah. movie. But yeah, so the soundtrack, well... It's from the original 1982 Broadway. The only difference is this time they add voices from the actors. So Rick Moranis singing is actually Rick Moranis singing. He's got a hell of a voice. Yeah. And, and Steve yeah, Martin's a, actually singing. There's and a couple of parts that Rick Moranis does. I'm like, fucking yeah. get it. As as a vocalist myself, like I'm not good at singing. I do the freaking metal vocals. <laughs> Say what you will, people. But like, <laughs> oh, that still takes it. Sti- yeah, it still takes something. But like being able to sing and sound good takes more for sure. Right. But, oh, I I mean, it's it's so this is all produced by David Geffen and Geffen Productions. So it's a big music producer and Broadway musical. So Miles Goodman did the original motion picker score and or picture score. And wow, the list of musicians was like 70 plus people, a huge really? music department with some big names like Robert Billig was vocal arranger, Nancy Fogarty and Christopher Kennedy, music editors. Thomas Passatieri was the orchestra. So he was the conductor orchestrator. Wow. A lot, like 70 plus people were in there. All these different musicians from fretless basses to xylophones to guitars. And like, there's like five drummers. There's a, huge production to this i mean that makes it i never even really thought of that, about that every song just it. sounds like like just sounds it's, big yeah yeah mm-hmm. it's yeah yeah and every song is good too there's no mm-hmm. there's no song that you're like nah, i don't care for that song like all, every song is pretty good all of them are catchy they all of them have purpose and yeah they yeah i know we have in our we usually compare the sounds to the original but it's we it's like comparing apples and oranges. This yeah. is an actual musical. The original had some, a cool jazz, jazz intro and some like you know music that was kind of just background noise. But music is at the forefront of this, obviously. So you can't compare the two. 
But the music for this even adds the story where in the original, it's just, you know, it's just background noise. It's really all yeah. it is. Yeah. yeah. So, well, we got some of these actors. Levi Stubbs is voice of Audrey too. I can't speak enough great things about Levi Stubbs. Rick Moranis, Seymour Krellborn, Ellen Green, Audrey. Vincent Gardenia, Mushnick, Steve Martin, Orrin Scrivello, Jim Belushi, um, Patrick Martin, John Candy, Wink Wickelson, and Bill Murray, Arthur Denton. Wow. Big names in this. Big names for Let's those see. Um, mm-hmm. Levi Stubbs was an American baritone singer, mm-hmm. best known as the lead vocalist of the R&B group The Four Tops, yeah. who released a variety of Motown hit records during the 60s and 70s. He has been noted for his powerful, emotional, dramatic style of singing. So, yeah, I was looking to see if he was in any other oh. movies and not really. So is, good. He's yeah. an actual musician. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, the crew, there's quite a crew there if you want to do this. Like, a lot of people worked on this film. Yeah, we got ah, we got cinematography <laughs> by uh, Robert Paintner and editing by John Gibson. John, I know. John Jimson. 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 Uh, art direction by Steve Spence. Costume design by Merritt Allen. Chief makeup artist by Paul Engelin. And Lyle Conway was, dis- or he designed Audrey 2. And with a whole host of plasters, prop hands, and construction coordinators. 40 plus people just, just on Audrey 2. That's too. great. Uh-huh. I, mean, I mean, with the amount of detail, like, well, like, how do you get 40 people working on one thing? One. But two, there's a lot of detail, and it looks great. So mm-hmm. I, I, I could Take see it. it. Um, special effects. Yeah, we also had a quite large team Huge. headed by Sherry Amont as the head of fabrication, and Chris Evley and Stuart Robinson as the senior mechanical designers. Mm-hmm. Uh, visual effects also by Bran Farron and a large team of optical, special, and animated effects. Yeah, a huge team of people worked on this movie. A huge team. That's probably why it cost $30 million bucks. And, gosh, Frank Oz. Well, we talked about him. He's the Talking voice of Yoda. Yoda. And Yoda. he does the voice of Miss Piggy in The Muppets. Oh, my God. So that's what? cool. He also directed. I forgot about this. Dude, that just blew my huh? mind. Yeah, isn't that great? Miss Piggy's Yoda. Yeah. <laughs> fuck. What the fuck? <laughs> there you go. Yep. Um... So he also directed. Now, did you ever watch Dark Crystal? Uh, I know what it is, and I I probably watched it when I was a kid, but I never like watched it. Watched it, but I, I yeah, Jim Henson's. Did Jim Henson do like the puppets for that and all that? Um, Which yes, makes- yep. Um, Frank Oz and Jim Henson worked together a lot. Okay, and I'm surprised. Oh, oh my gosh, I forgot a fun fact. You know that. Um, kid in the movie that had that brace thing over his head um, right before Bill Murray came in. Oh, yeah. That's Jim Henson's uh, child. Uh, that's yeah. funny. It's like, hey, we need a kid. Uh, here's Jim my Henson's kid. like, I got you. There you go. <laughs> I think I heard that somewhere, mm-hmm. too. So, yeah. Before this, he directed The Dark Crystal, which is amazing. Highly recommend watching it. And Muppets Take Manhattan, which... You guys, if you've listened to take, you know, thoughts and shots, you know I love the Muppets. He would go on to direct a movie, um, a few other movies later in life. Now this one had a huge resonance for me. He also directed Indian in the Cupboard. Dude, that movie was. I had it on VHS. I watched it every day in yeah. second grade. I, I used I used to have the VHS mm-hmm. with 
the little yes, toy with Indian, the little, yeah, and like a key and all yes. that stuff. And I haven't watched that since I was a kid. But I'd love I to watch that again. Loving that movie. Yep. He also directed the score, which is a crime thriller with Robert De Niro, and it's like random. And then Stepford Wives. What? So a very random catalog of movies, but all of them did yeah. really well. Huh. He's a great director and a lot of critical audience success too. Great so, director, I am. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the movie was released in December nineteenth, nineteen eighty six, and it was filmed in London, but <laughs> country of origin is the United States. No alternate name for the movie. Good. The budget. Oh, I'm sorry. The budget was twenty five million. I guess. Yeah. I, I guess maybe with inflation nowadays it would be closer to thirty million, but it made thirty nine million worldwide, so it made that money back. And the Rotten Tomato score high, of course, ninety one percent critics, seventy nine percent audience. Good. Which I'm like seventy nine percent audience. This should be like no, close to a hundred percent. Yeah, this is up there. There's there's nothing bad about this fucking movie. No, there's really not. Not at but, all. <laughs> Angry Rick Moranis is pretty funny uh-huh. too. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Kill it, watch it, buy it. Oh, buy it. Mm -hmm. I would say buy it. Buy it, and if you can get the soundtrack on vinyl, buy that. That's that's a vinyl edition right there for the future. I would actually really love to. Yeah, that's totally Professor Sprout. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, you brought it up. There's Jim Henson. Yep, Jim Henson's uh, daughter right there. That's just like, what? (laughs) I'm going to have to, yeah, I'm going to have to look into the vinyl for this. I'm surprised that, um, yeah. That's something I'm going to dive into for sure. Mm-hmm. I want to see if they've repressed it or anything. That would be cool. Yeah. So um, for final thoughts here. So what are the strengths of the, let's go back to the original. What's the strengths of the original that. I would say, I mean, strengths would be probably the slapstick comedy, mm-hmm. but I know a lot, like some people that it does nothing for does them. Nothing for some situational. That's probably why. The audience score was so yeah. low, probably. That kind of makes sense. Um, I mean, the major plot points, it's a short movie. Mm-hmm. It's a good story. Mm-hmm. I would say those are the strengths for the original. Mm-hmm. Now, strengths for the 86 version. The, um, everything. Everything. <laughs> I don't know. Every yeah. person involved yeah. is having the time of their life. Every song works great. Everyone who worked in cinematography and the editing and the sound and the all of it, the makeup, the art, the the all of it is just good. And there's there's no when it gets to weak when we get to the weakness section here. I'm gonna start with 1986. Not many. If you really don't like musicals, I guess. Yeah. But this it's just too good of a movie not to like. It's just it, it's not a. It's not a Schindler's List. It's not a. Um, it's not a Titanic, or it's not a any of those. Bi- it's just a and, uh, good fun movie. Yeah, I know. Sorry. I know. It's just a good fun movie. Now weaknesses for the original nineteen sixty. Oh, that was the wrong song I started singing. Oh, never. Oops. Sorry. <laughs> um, the, the weaknesses for the sixties. Uh, for the sixty version. Yeah. Sixty one. A couple of the scenes that were like, where is this going? It was just tacked on. Yeah, to add time. I, I would like. say I would say those are definitely the weaknesses. Yeah. Um, like we talked about the end, fucking Scooby Doo chase, or just like <laughs> a couple of little scenes here and there. They're like, okay, what can we add to 
add a little substance, but it's not really any substance. It's just a waste of time. Yeah, I know. It's like, hey, I have this idea of a, of a killer-eating plant. All right, what are we going to do with it? Ah, let's have an evil dentist in there. Oh, yeah. let's have a chasing. Oh, and he's going to flip a rock and kill a hookah. It's like, okay, <laughs> sure. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Do you have any other weaknesses? Um, for the original, um, I feel that it's it's it it was trying to balance like our okay is this like uh, uh what they would call black comedy aka dark humor but then it's slapstick but then it's like wordplay at times yeah it's oh it is yeah there's so there's just a little bit of every they're trying to do too much at once they could have just stuck with one thing um but i mean it's it's a fine movie it's kind of like a meh comedy um, and then they took it, made it in a Broadway musical and then came out with this masterpiece. So, yeah. Yeah. So props to them fucking turning it into a musical. Mm-hmm. And a without good that, one. we wouldn't have this. Yeah. And that is the end of 1960. Yeah. And I guess our re- rewind remake that's original. Segment. No more. No more. I, which is funny because I think we did see it. <laughs> no more. No more 1960. I don't even want to look at the list because I'm going to be like, ah, shit, we didn't do We forgot this. to cover Horrors of Spider Island Part 2. No, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Horrors of Spider Island. Well, 1960, it's actually been pretty wild ride, honestly. Yes. Like, I hope you guys have enjoyed this and found some movies you haven't seen before or... Like, man, I haven't watched that in such a long time. Or I remember Grandpappy talked to me about seeing that in the theater <laughs> for a dime. I would like, you know, like stuff like that. Hopefully you enjoyed this 1960s trip with us. And well, I really look forward to going to 1970s. But next week we are actually going to be covering a newer film. No, it's night in the 90. I think oh. it came out in 1990. Well, we're, so we got a recommendation. So thanks you, by the way, we get, we've been getting um, quite, quite a bit of traction. In 1990. Yeah. We're going to yeah. jump forward. We're going to be jumping to a movie called begotten, begotten, which know nothing about. I haven't looked up. I haven't looked anything into it. I want to go in blind. I've only seen pictures over the last, like this movie has been on my radar mm-hmm. for years. Okay. Probably at least five years. Dang. I've seen pictures of it, and I'm just like, what is that? It looks fucking weird. It looks crazy. But, I, yeah, I haven't really looked into it. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched it yet. And then, yeah, your buddy, um, Dan. Dan, Dan right? yeah. He was so, like, hey, guys, you guys got to cover this. So let's Yeah, and we'll take your guys' recommendations because there's, you know, there's plenty of movies we haven't seen. And I love going into a film completely blind, and that's what I plan on doing for this one. So next week we'll cover that. Yeah. And then after that... It'll be February, and we're going to be covering the 1970, well, 1970. 1970, and do we our got movies. the Alien yeah. vinyl episode, and mm-hmm. I guess, should we do a Valentine's Day one? Oh, we've got, there's some great Valentine's uh, Day we'll movies, aka, I don't know, My Bloody Valentine, good old classic slasher, the original, not the okay. original. Please. Yeah, I've watched the original, I think, last year, and oh, it, it was great. It's fun. And then I was like, let me watch the remake uh, again, because I, I saw that one in theaters, and I remembered it not being good, and uh, it's fucking not. Nope. So if you're going to watch My Bloody Valentine, or if we're going to cover that... Let's <laughs> watch the original, the original slasher. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or if somebody else has a recommendation for whatever Valentine... I don't know. 
Well, there's there's that. probably other ones out there. Valentine. But after the New Year debacle, sucks. I'm like, <laughs> after the New Year debacle, I'm like, we need a good like holiday theme movie, please. God. <laughs> yeah. So probably the original. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Bloody Valentine for sure. Absolutely. Um, but yep, that's gonna be it for this week. Thank you for listening to our horror rewind originals versus remakes. Sayonara, nineteen sixty. Bye bye. Thanks for joining us, and if you've enjoyed this episode or any of our episodes, please give us a five star review, and that helps us, you know, get in front of more people. Algorithms are dumb, you know how it works. Yeah, no. Or just tell your friends. Be like, hey, check out this podcast. That'd be also awesome as well. With all these snowstorms and ice storms, and not getting anywhere, you're stuck in the house. Well, you know what you can do while you're sitting around all day trying to get out? You can listen to the podcast and watch some great horror films. So Mm -hmm. make sure to give us a like on Facebook and follow our Instagram page as well as our TikTok um, at HFMM Podcast. You can also email us at HFMMPodcast at gmail.com. We've gotten quite a few um, emails about like different movies we'll cover in the future and stuff like that. So that's really awesome. We also have a letterbox where you can follow us in the movies we cover. And you can also follow our separate ones. Dustin, yours is... Uh, Spooky402. And mine is Hedge Knight 227 I've actually got a lot of people randomly liking my stuff on Letterboxd. So thanks, guys, for that. I appreciate you. And don't be shy to tell us you know, what you like, what you don't like, a song, or maybe like a soundtrack we should cover, or a movie we need to cover if we're going into 1970, or something like that. Give us, give us what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. I think... I think that's that. And on the next episode, we're going to be talking about Begotten. Begotten. So maybe go watch it because we're going to watch it and Mm -hmm. we could all learn about it and talk about it and listen to each other about it (laughs) (laughs) together. And that's going to be that. Have a good night, or fuck, I don't know, not have a good night. You know, <laughs> they keep, someone's listening to this like 6 a.m. be like, the six, what's he talking about? <laughs> yeah, it's, it is bedtime almost for me right now. It's been a long day. Yes. But thank you guys. And honestly, just be safe during this winter because holy shit, it's been a shitstorm out there. Mm-hmm. Get, make sure you grab a Tauntaun, open it up. No, I'm kidding. Some of you. Ta-ta. Star Wars. <laughs> oh, we have a Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. All right. Good night.